Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. for a few moments today on sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. I bought some seeds. They're in my bag. I forgot to bring them out. They're in the front pouch of my bag. Galatians 6.10, 7 says, Do not be deceived. When the Bible starts about that, you've got to sit up. Or do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. There's some seeds there. We've got some uh, zucchini seeds. I think there's some bean seeds in there. And there's probably pumpkin seeds. I wanted you to remember the power in a seed. A tiny little seed, a zucchini seed, you can hardly see it. And you plant it, and before you know it, you get this big bush, and then you get these amazing zucchinis. You ever notice with zucchinis, if you don't pull them quickly, they just keep growing? <laughs> you sort of away for a week's holiday, and you come back, and you've got a zucchini about this long. <laughs> How did that happen? It was all in the seed. And the seed of God's word is so, so powerful. It says, whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. So if I go and plant some pumpkin seeds and I'm there and potatoes grow, I've got, got a right to be upset and disappointed and say, what happened? I know the difference between a pumpkin seed and a potato seed. But God says, hey, whatever you sow, that is what you will reap. It goes on and says, for the one who sows to the flesh, his sinful capacity... His worldliness, his disgraceful impulses. I love the Amplified. It tells it like it is, eh? Disgraceful impulses. And will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. Wow. Some of us can say that's true because that's happened in my life. If it hasn't happened in yours, I'm sure you know people that it has. But the one who sows to the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, will... From the Spirit reap eternal life. So when we sow in the Spirit, we reap good things in the Spirit. When we sow to the flesh, the sinful, selfish old nature, you reap ruin, destruction, chaos. Let us not become weary or become discouraged in doing good for at the proper time we will reap. That's a word for some people here today. You've been sowing for a long time. Let me tell you, harvest time is coming. If we do not give up or give in. So if you give in, we were brought up in a farm. My dad would plant potatoes and pumpkins and, and sometimes he'd get frustrated waiting for them to shoot and come out of the ground. He thought, oh, maybe it's a bit dry. So he'd go scratching to see whether they had started to shoot. I said, Dad, don't do it. Sure enough, he'd scratch and then he'd take the top off the little potato shoot that was coming up or the pumpkin. I said, now, now look what's going to happen. You've got to wait, plant some more. Sometimes we get impatient. We try to help God out. Come on, pray, sow, wait. And it says in the right time, if you don't give up. So then while we are, as individual believers, have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. Not just your family, not just your friends, not just the ones who might be able to give something back to you. Not only being helpful, but also doing what which promotes their spiritual well-being 
especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, the born-again believers. So today I want to have a look at a few principles about sowing and reaping. And it's not just planting seeds in the garden. What about your words that you speak? They're like seeds. What about the prayers you pray? They're like seeds. What about the promises of God's word when you confess them and believe from them? They are seeds. Acts of kindness are seeds. There's so many types of seeds that we plant in life. The message says, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. Wow, that's a bit of a scary thought. So if we just sow selfishness, we're going to end up with a life full of weeds. I go to Bunnings sometimes to buy some seeds and I'm scanning thinking I want that sort of pumpkins and I want these capsicums. But I've never ever seen a packet of weed seed. <laughs> Have you? Anyone ever seen a packet of weed seed? And yet, most of us have more weeds in our garden than than vegetables or fruit trees. Where do they come from? They just blow on the wind. They seem to be more resilient. You plant a whole pile of carrot seeds and a few come up, but 40,000 weeds come up. And you haven't even watered them or sown them. And we'll look in a moment, there's an enemy that sows the weeds in our lives. But we can cause it to happen if we don't do it right. All you'll have to show is a life with, but the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. Do you see that? You plant the seed and then God does the growing. So the power is in the seed. No matter how big or small a mango seed, it's a nice big one, you can see that one. Or a coconut, you can see that seed put in the ground and up it shoots. Some seeds are so tiny you can hardly see them, especially weed seed. But it says, when the seed's planted spiritually, God helps it to grow. The power is in the seed. And that's the power of the seeds that we plant. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good at the right time, we will harvest a crop, good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Wow, so we learn how to do this in the community of faith and then we, we are confident to do it across our broken world. How about a seed of kindness? You go to the shops and someone's just totally overloaded. You just give them a smile and a kind word. It might change their day. It might get them to say, how come you can be happy? I used to go whistling when I used to work at the bank and they say, how are you so happy on a Monday morning? I said, well, I had a great weekend. I wouldn't tell them where I went. Next week I said, how come you're still happy? I said, I had a great weekend at church. They said, what? Next week I'd be whistling again and they've still got a sore head from a hangover. And my whistling would annoy them. They said, why are you so happy? I said, we had a great weekend at church. We baptised 10 people and we saw three people get healed. They say, what do you mean? All of a sudden you've hooked them and they're curious. 
Seeds of hope. There's an interesting verse in Genesis 8.22, after the flood, God said, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Wow. I think there's some politicians need to read that verse. There's a whole lot of people need to read that verse and panicking that the earth is going to wear out. God's got a plan and he says that one day it will wear out and he'll create our new heavens and a new earth. Let's be good stewards but don't be trying to save the planet when God's already got a plan that's much bigger. I've just made a few friends and I've just made a few enemies. We need to read the Word of God. It says, while this earth continues its cycle, it says there'll be seed, time, and hope. Let's be good stewards. Let's look after. Bible says, be fruitful and multiply and be good stewards of the earth. Let's do that. But let's not fight against God's greater plans. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, remember this. Whenever the Bible says that, you've got to stop. What do we got to Remember. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. If my dad would be planting a field of corn and saying, oh, we don't have much seed left, so we'll just throw out a few seeds. It's no point getting angry when there's only 25 plants come up when there should have been 5,000 of them because he only planted 25 seeds. If you're going to see a great harvest in your spiritual life, plant plenty of seeds of God's word and prayers and promises. Don't just plant a few and then get upset because God hasn't blessed you. Sowing and reaping. He says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or uncompulsive for God loves a cheerful giver. I'm amazed. Offering time should be the most exciting time in church. I've told you the story. Marilyn's sister Sharon went to Africa. And they were singing all these songs and church was going great. And, but when it came to offering time, the whole church just exploded. For about 10 minutes, they're all on their feet, dancing, shouting, celebrating, bringing their offering. That was the most exciting part of the whole church service was the offering time. They were so excited just to give back to God. I thought, mate, I haven't seen that in many Aussie churches. People still think, oh no, it's offering time again. God's after my money again. God's not after your money. He wants us to understand the power of sowing and reaping. And it goes on. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Wow. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. My dad taught me that when they harvested the potato crop or the corn crop, he would pick out 
about 10% of the crop, the best potatoes, the best corn, and he'd put that aside for seed to plant for the next year. Probably about 10%, he'd go through and pick out the largest cobs, said, okay, we're going to strip those down and we're going to keep them for seed to plant in a few months' time for the next season. He'd pull out the best potatoes. You don't eat the best, you sow the best and you live on the rest. And that's the principle of financial giving. But today's message is not just about that, it's about the power of sowing and reaping. And sometimes we'd be, wouldn't get a really good crop and we'd be tempted saying, oh no, we're not going to have enough potatoes. We'd be tempted to eat some of the seed. That's a really dangerous practice. If you eat the seed, you're not going to have any crop next year. And sometimes when we're in financial struggle or we're emotionally drained, we forget to keep sowing the seeds of kindness or unselfishness or grace. But let me tell you, if you stop sowing the good seeds, you're not going to reap the good seeds and the harvest next year or whenever the next season is. So I want to encourage you today. We need to just understand it's a law, it's a spiritual law of seed time and harvest. And God's laws, you break them at your own peril. You really, really do. And we've all learnt the power of that. The message says, This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. Do you serve the God of more than enough? The God of just enough or the God of not enough? Because if you serve the God of not enough, you're always going to be having to cry out to God saying, help meet my needs. Many people live with the God of just enough. Well, God, you've blessed us. We've made it through another day, another month, another year. But I look at the Bible and it says, God, you're the God of more than enough. You're the God of abundance, of overflow. You're the God that provides strength when I don't feel I've got it, but he provides energy and strength. He provides grace when you don't have it. He goes on and says, he gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full form lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praises to God. Wow, wow, wow. And many have learnt this principle, so it's a reminder to you. Some of you may be, oh, I've never really thought this through properly because I was brought up in a farm. So farmers, you, you learn this principle just in, intuitively. If you haven't been brought up in a farm or had some veggies out the backyard, maybe you haven't been used to this principle fully, but it's a very powerful truth. We all know the parable of the sower and the seed. These disciples, they were amazing guys. They said, Jesus, what are you on about? They took him aside up and said, can you please explain what you're talking about? Jesus graciously explained the first two parables and he said, if you get that, you'll understand all the others. He only ever explained the first two. He never went on and explained all the others. He said, if you listen carefully and get the principle you'll then be able to understand all the other parables and stories so he explains Matthew 13 18 listen then to what the parable of the sower means when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart this is a seed sown along the path 
The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Maybe that happened to you the first time you came to Jesus or you know people it has. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Jesus was probably looking at some wheat or barley as he's telling this story. And farmers will tell you that if you plant a seed of wheat, it grows up and in a good season, you'll get at least 100 grains on that head of wheat. That's what Jesus was referring to. He didn't sort of pick figures just randomly. If you don't get much rain and it's, and it's uh, poor, you might get 30 grains on it. Or middle year, you'll get 60. But on a really good year, you can have over 100 grains on from that one seed that was planted. So Jesus wasn't just picking out random things. And he was probably pointing to the, the wheat field that they were walking past as he's telling the story. Luke 8.15 says, But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. There's some powerful truths there. So when you hear the word about faith or forgiveness, God starts to speak to you about forgiveness. You've got to choose to hear it, retain it, believe that it's truth, and then persevere by forgiving until you see the good fruit of it. That's what the Word of God is teaching us. So we sow, and there's a reaping that comes. So what are a few key truths? We've looked at a few scriptures. What are some of the key truths that we find here? Number one, you reap what you sow, spirit or flesh. We need to sow the Word of God. There's great power in teaching your children and grandchildren the scriptures. Great power in getting them to memorize and quote back and sing the word of God. Isn't it amazing? When you put the Bible to song, it's, you remember that years and decades later. As long as you learn something by rote and you might remember it, you'll remember it if you repeat it enough times, but you put it to music and it locks in to other parts of your brain. And it's very powerful. And we, uh, we sow money. We sow gifts. We sow love and kindness. We sow words of life and blessing and encouragement. Prayer is a great seed sowing process where you're sowing the promises of God and God hears them and says, hey, I see faith there because he responds to faith, not just need. If God responded to need only, there'd be no homeless people. There'd be no... Poor people, there'd be no starving people, there'd be no think people in the world dying prematurely. God responds to faith in the midst of the need, not just to need only. Sometimes he's incredibly gracious and compassionate and there's no faith in there, but someone else's prayer of faith has bridged the gap for God to meet that need. That's why it's so powerful. Secondly, you reap in proportion to how much seed is planted. I've seen people that have been battling cancer or severe illness 
And they think, God, heal me. And sometimes in grace, he'll do it with that one prayer. Often, he will call us to saturate ourselves with all the promise of God's word and seed our mind and our soul so that we are ready to receive his healing grace. See, farmers can have the seed in the shed, but if he doesn't do the work of plowing the ground, getting rid of the weeds, um, all of that, working out the right time to plant, and then just don't throw it on the ground, but cover it so the birds of the air don't uh, eat it all. David knows all about that, hey, David? Yeah, you can throw seed out and most of it will just get eaten by the birds or the ducks or whoever's hungry. So if the farmer leaves the seed in the barn, it's not going to produce a crop. So it's a partnership between God and us. Often we're praying and asking God to do what he's asked you to do. If we get the partnership right of what God's part is and what our part is, you'll live a really blessed life. Even if it's tough times, you'll grow through them. And I want to encourage you, find out what your part is and what God's part is and do the partnership and you'll see ongoing blessing for you and other people's lives. Thirdly, the seed has to die before it can reproduce. Uh-oh. When you plant a seed, it actually has to die to itself as the seed and then it shoots roots and it shoots a stem and comes up out of the ground. So the seed has to die before you get the plant and then the fruit and the harvest. This is where a lot of us give up on our faith journey. God gives you a promise you believe it, then you've got to die to self and your own ways of trying to make it happen. You can't let everyone else's opinions determine on how you're going to partner with God. They can encourage, but you've got to get God's word and strategy for your life to see the finance, to see the business, to see relationships break through. And as you partner with God, he will then lead you by his spirit of what your part is what God's part is, and the timing of how it's going to happen. If you plant a wheat seed, it's about four months, and you go out, and there's a crop. You plant a mango seed, it'll take maybe seven years before the first crop comes on. And there's no point in me going out for the seven years, getting angry at God, well, there's no mangoes on the tree. He says, look, those seeds, those sort of trees, take seven years from a seed before they start producing. Don't stress during the seven years. Go and plant some more so you'll get other things. Plant some other things that produce quicker so you'll have something to eat before the mangoes come. <laughs> God gives us wisdom. You have to give it, release it before it can grow and achieve its purpose. A lot of us like to enjoy the promise of God's word, but we don't go through the process sowing them and dying to self to release the life. That will come. Number four, there's a waiting time between the sowing and the reaping. Don't get impatient or give up through tiredness or discouragement. Number five, God can multiply and increase your harvest supernaturally, 30, 60, or 100. Wow. Wow. God wants to remind some of you that there's multiplication. God's into addition, but he also is much more into multiplication. And God's maths is not quite the same as ours. 
God wants to multiply, multiply for the kingdom of God. And sixthly, God's grace can intervene and reverse a bad harvest. You're a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. There are times we've sowed selfish, sinful, wrong stuff in our lives or in other people just because we didn't know any better or we just chose to go our own pathway or out of fear we did stuff that wasn't freedom. God in his mercy sometimes will cancel out the bad harvest that you would normally reap. Many of us can say, thank you, Jesus. Other times there are harvests that come because of what we're sown, but God will give us grace and wisdom to walk through that journey and make sure in the process you're planting good seeds for the right future harvest. Grace and mercy. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. Mercy is not receiving what you do deserve. That's why grace and mercy are powerful. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. Mercy is not receiving what you do deserve. How powerful is that? God, your grace and mercy fills our lives. And I believe as a church, God's going to increase our harvest because for decades people have been sown in prayer and faith and sharing the gospel. People have been out there in the schools and chaplains and, and uh, sharing in RI classes and, and sowing seeds in generations and school teachers have been out there and, and all of us have been sowing seeds of kindness in our homes and our families. And I believe we're going to see a great harvest for the kingdom of God. Psalm 126 verse 5 and 6 is a great promise. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Woo! Some of you have done plenty of tears. Sowing, believing for God to turn people around in your family or community. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow. You don't just grow out going weeping saying, God, poor me and why, it doesn't, why hasn't our family got sorted out? And God, why are we always struggling with not enough money? So many people go out weeping, but they forgot to carry the seeds to sow in the midst of the need. I want to encourage you, don't forget to take the seeds to sow when you're going through the valley of back at the time of weeping or difficulty or pain or strife or sickness or reversal or divorce, whatever it is, you've got to make sure you've still got some seeds to sow of life for the future. And God wants to remind us the power of His Word. If you're in a difficult, painful place, make sure you've got some seeds of promise that God, is, by His grace, is going to come and bring breakthrough for your life. You're in sickness, sow some seeds. God, I believe you can heal. God, I believe you can restore. Come on, you need to fill up your bag with some more seed to sow. Some more seed to sow. Where there's rejection, say, God, I'm going to go out of my way to love and accept people, even if I get rejected. Because as you sow the seeds, you're going to see a harvest. So it says, those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying the sheaves or the harvest or the reward or the return with them. 
The implication is if you don't carry seeds to sow, you're not going to see the harvest. Whoa. Prayers can be seeds that you're sowing in the Spirit. The promises of God's Word. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to keep believing and confessing that over my life, over our household, over my mind. I'm going to keep believing and sowing seeds of faith until we see the harvest. And there might be some tours tears but there'll be lots of joy as well proverbs eleven eighteen says the wicked man earns deceptive wages but he who sows righteousness and lives his life with integrity will have a true reward that is both permanent and satisfying wow proverbs 22 8 says he who sows injustice will reap a harvest of trouble ouch king david reaped a terrible harvest because of his adultery and getting Bathsheba's husband murdered and deceit. He lived a terrible, got a great terrible harvest in his family for generations afterwards. God forgave him, but there are certain things that will produce a harvest. God was gracious, but there are results of sowing wrong seeds. And God's grace, we need that to restore our lives. Okay, let's wrap it up today. Matthew 13, 24, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. That's where the weed seed comes from. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters first, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into the barn. What an interesting story. There are times to get rid of the weeds. Other times, you can't stop some of the weeds growing in our society. Don't spend all of your life trying to pull out other people's weeds because they'll probably just keep letting room for weeds to grow. Make sure you're sowing seeds of righteousness and truth and love and in time God will sort out the harvest. I've seen people get on crusades to try and rid our society of the wrong weeds. There are times to speak up, there are times to pray, there are times to do all of that stuff but be very careful we don't listen to what the Bible teaches you can't solve all of those weed problems in our society, but you can be very busy sowing all the good seeds so that the good seeds and the fruit and the righteous lives will overtake the seed, the weeds. That's a word of wisdom for some of our lives, hey? Wow. I love Isaiah said, you are trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord 
that he may be glorified. Wow. So God's planted you in this community, in your family, in your workplace, in this church, in, this, in a connect group or a prayer group. He's planted you so that you can flourish like a tree of righteousness. That people can come and take the fruit and the, enjoy the shade and the protection that your life brings because you have learnt to sow the seeds of righteousness. It's really interesting. In Matthew 13, 37 says, He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. He now explains, this is the second parable he explains. The only two. He said, the field is the world... And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. Hold on, I thought the good seed was the word of God. In the first parable it is, in the second parable, Jesus taught that the good seed is actually the righteous people of God that I've planted in the, in the earth. Wow, that changes the whole perspective, hey? You and I are God's good seed that he's planted in your neighbourhood in this city, if you're on holidays, wherever you come from, in the church. God sees us as his seeds of righteousness planted by the Lord to produce a harvest. So the word of God is the seed in the first story. You and I are the seed in the second story. That's a powerful thought, eh? I only saw that a few years ago. I was reading through and thought, hold on. Jesus said, we're the seed. I always thought the seed was the word of God. I looked at both of them and realized that he's saying both of them are seeds. So where God's planted you, you're a seed in your school, in your doctor's practice. Wherever you are, God's planted you to be a seed of righteousness, produce good fruit that's going to overcome the weeds that are destroying our society. Oh, Jesus. Peacemakers. Now, yeah, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. James 3.18. Just one more key scripture here. John 4.35 says, Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap where you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work you, and you have reaped the benefits of the labor. What's he talking about? This is John 4. Jesus just had the interaction with the woman at the well. Had the word of knowledge. Says, go and get your husband. I don't have a husband. I've had five and my one I'm living with now is not my husband. Jesus exposed her broken sinful life but he did it in such a way of grace and mercy she went running back to town and says you've got to come and meet this guy who told me all about my life and they're all saying well we all know about your life what's so what's so radical here so Jesus <coughs> with truth and grace and mercy somehow reached her soul in a way that she wanted to talk about her life and say come and meet this guy because he's got living water this is the end of the chapter. As Jesus is talking to his disciples, he's most likely looking down the road because the Bible says she went back to her village. 
shared about her story and it says many believed and then hundreds of them came out of the village and were walking to meet Jesus and this is probably what Jesus was pointing. He says, see, you say it's four months. Look, look now, here comes the harvest now and there was hundreds of people coming to give their lives to Jesus. That's where that fits in. Don't ever underestimate the power of your testimony. That's a powerful seed. The truth of who, the revelation you have of Jesus will overcome anyone's theology or philosophies because Jesus is truth in love. And I thought, wow, he says, here comes the harvest now, guys. And hundreds, the Bible indicates, gave their hearts to Jesus. Wow, wow, wow. Worship team, come on up. As I was praying on Friday morning, this was burning in my heart. And I was reminded of the prophetic scripture God gave me over 20 years ago, one Friday night here in a prayer meeting. It's Jeremiah 33, and those that have been in church for a while, you know this verse is off by heart. I was praying, and these verses burst in my soul, and this is what it says, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Verse 6. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Verse 9. Then this city will bring me renown, joy, Praise and honour before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. And the word of God came to my heart and he says, that is prophetically for Jerusalem, but if you want to, you can claim this for Harvey Bay. And I remember I was there with my hands raised in prayer and I had this revelation and I remember I said, Lord, I claim that for Harvey Bay, and as I came down to my heart, my heart exploded inside and faith came alive and from that day on, I've prayed and prophetically declared that scripture over our city, that this city will be a place of healing, peace, wholeness, prosperity, good things that will bring honour to our God. And God reminded me on Friday morning, those who were in prayer, I got really excited. I could have prayed all day because it just came alive again in my heart. I said, God, that's the seeds that we are planting across our city. That's the seeds we pray for. That's the seeds we love people for. That's why we choose to stay faithful to God even when we're under attack or feeling weary or tired. I want to say, let's stand in His presence. Come on, let's stand up together today. And the other thing I saw on Friday morning as we were praying about this, Revelation 22, 2, 1 and 2 came to me and it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. That includes Australia. That includes our, our nation. That includes all those who have 
moved here from overseas and have become Australians. That includes our First Nations peoples. Let me tell you, there is healing for the nations. And as people, as we worship God, as we let His river flow through our lives, let me tell you, there's healing, there's restoration, there's transformation happens in our lives. I want to encourage you today, keep on sowing because you're going to reap. Keep on believing because the harvest is on its way. Lives are being changed every week for His glory. I want to encourage you, understand the law of sowing and reaping and you will see fruit that will remain. Not just a a response or a, a momentary breakthrough, but fruit that will remain for the glory of God. That's His promise to our lives today. Let's reach our hands up to heaven for a moment. Let's thank Him for His Word of life today. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.